the Brian and Jen podcast. She is the dazzling, delectable, delightful, and downright dreamy Jennifer Horn, also known as your conservative crusader. And he is the brainy, beautiful, bodacious. Boyish. Maybe not. Brian Whitman. Wow, it's uh, our yeah. podcast back in a while. Yeah, hey, been uh, been quite a quarantine. Huh? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> now, let me ask you a question. Please. Is a, a person, uh, pick a very important person in your life. Don't name them out loud. George Clooney. Oh. In your life. Oh, well done. George Clooney. Oh, when I was doing all the D adjectives, did I say delusional? <laughs> <laughs> That's true, actually. <laughs> On the Brian and Jen podcast, pick okay, a person. That I me, got a person. Me, it can't be me, by the way. Okay. Yeah, I know the first thing you think is me. That's true. It's the first thing I think about. <laughs> so, who means a lot to you is a special person. Yes. And you can tell us out loud how long it's been since you've actually seen that person, not Zoom, but seen them eyes to eyes. Just a couple days. Oh, so you're seeing everybody. I'm I'm kind of back in, in the motion again. Yeah. I don't understand how anybody's able to do that. Now, some uh, some of my friends that I would normally see, like my girlfriends, right. um, I have not seen them since March. Because of COVID-related? Sort of. I mean, because people are working from home and we've got, you know, a lot of them have kids that they're dealing with. So they're just logistical, yes. They've invited me over for a socially distanced barbecue, which I just haven't, we haven't set up yet, but that'll happen. Have you, and this this calls for full disclosure, I have not done it. Have you used COVID-19 as an answer, an excuse to get out of hanging with someone that you're just not really feeling the uh, hankering to see a whole lot of? I haven't had to. Oh, okay. Isn't that funny? But I would. I mean, I'm not above that, believe me, but I haven't had to as of yet. So I'm not above it either. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's fine. Oh, my gosh. So do you know about the cancel culture? Cancel culture. Here's my understanding of it, and I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Sure you are. I'm not the, uh, my elevator doesn't always go to the top floor. It gets close. I'm not going to win on Jeopardy, I'll tell you that. I would not make it to final Jeopardy, I can tell you that. Cancel culture, I believe. I believe we're living in it. Mm -hmm. And there are some areas of discourse or thought in America where the cancel culture is more present. If you dislike something somebody said or does... Or the way someone conducts them, or a political belief they have. Yeah. You then proclaim them canceled. Right. They're just done. And that means that is they no longer exist to you. There was a phrase when I was coming up here in the uh, in the go go nineties. Sure. You're dead to me. Was a you're dead to me? Oh sure. But actually, people said you're dead to me. Kind of like cancel culture. Like these people mean it. Like they're more serious bullies for some reason. Really? Like I think so. Okay. I don't know. I think cancel culture is pretty intense. I looked it up on dictionary.com just to see what the official definition of cancel culture is. Here it is. Cancel culture refers to the popular practice of withdrawing support for or canceling public figures and companies after they have done or said something considered objectionable or offensive. Cancel culture is generally generally discussed as being performed on social media in the form of group shaming. Sounds to me a lot like, I'm going to use a traditional word, not one of these new fandangled terms on the Brian and Jen podcast, Mm -hmm. 
Sounds to me like you're essentially describing an aggressive boycott. It is. It seems like a group group shaming is a great way to put it. That's what Dictionary.com says. A group bullying, and it is certainly allowed to happen more freely because of social media. This is not something that could have happened all those years ago. It would have taken a lot more, right? Yeah. This I, is an easier effort because of Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And haven't you really put your finger on the on the send button here as we talk of social media? Yeah. It is. I'm sorry, folks. Talk to Jen's mom, Diana, a hardcore back in the day. No more. A hippie, man. Oh, for sure. Your mom got out there. She marched. She protested. Her hair is still split down the middle because she used to iron it. Compare that real activism with sending a tweet. I mean, who is relatively anonymous? You can be pretty mean online. I'm telling you, there's a lot of First Amendment lightweights out there who think they're protesting or uh, doing a civil demonstration by sending tweets. Nah, get off your duff and get out there and march. And when they try to pick you up, you never harm anyone, but you don't allow you don't favor being picked up. So they got to get like nine people to lump you into the paddy wagon, as yeah. my dad used to call. I love. OK, so I love this because you and I share a lot of common experience. You are much older than me. No, yes. No, really, I, but a couple of years older. People than me. don't know. They I recently turned 96. I know, but you look great. Thank for 96. you. And you people were wondering, hey, how old are you? You and don't I- look a day over 72. Actually. Thank you, my dear. Well, that is all the supplements. I take. <laughs> That's right. OK, so I love to do this. We did not pre-discuss this with you. But it just popped into my head, so I have to share. Sure. So cancel culture has gotten more difficult or is more easier now because of social media, right? It's just very easy to boycott people, start trending, you know, and kill off a product. And participating is as easy as sending a tweet. Do you remember the only example in my childhood back in the old 80s? Okay. When I was a young child. I'm really good I'm with thinking the 80s. About, I know. That's you why I know you're – I think you might remember this. The only thing that I can think of that was similar – do you remember Procter and Gamble and the scandal with Procter and Gamble? Procter and Gamble, the scandal. Uh, you have to uh, in that okay. bed. Oh, I thought hint. for sure you might have no, this. I do so, remember, but I don't remember what. This... I remember when I was growing up, very young in yes. the '80s. There was a a symbol. Oh yes, on their logo that was used on the back of Procter and Gamble products. It on was a labeling. little symbol, like kind of where the ingredients are in the on the back of a box. That's right. And in it, it had like three stars and people started saying it was satanic and they called for a boycott of that, remember? And people were just not buying Procter & Gamble products. That's the only idea of cancel culture that I can kind of think of in terms of the 80s without social media. Well, I think that's n- – they were fine. Obviously, Procter & Gamble's thriving today. Right. But they- I don't think they were really satanic. Now, do you remember our friend – Sean Hannity's a friend of ours. Sure. Okay. Do you remember – Your not- friend. He loves you. I've known Sean for – 23, I mean, real friends, right? I mean, we've had one fight in 23 years, one argument, right? Really good friends. I love him. We don't agree on really much. But he loves your comedy, and he's, he talks about you all the time on his show. And I love him, and I'm talking about him right now and how much I love him, and he's a great guy. Do you remember a couple of years ago, he got angry at the Keurig company, and I have my coffee at home from a Keurig coffee maker. Yeah. He had uh, people who watch him on Fox, et cetera, taking their Keurig coffee makers and smashing them with sledgehammers. Right. That's the cancel culture, isn't it? It, it, it is. Yeah, definitely. To, to some extent. Now we are in the midst of a hot round of cancel culture. <laughs> and women, it's, it's making me crazy because it almost seems like everybody on the planet has done something, said something, 
done just done something that they're not proud of or they've said something that may have been construed offensive and they didn't mean it. And you know what? Gosh, it happens to all of us. There are people who say really bad things and do mean it. And that's something more concerning. But right now we are so looking into into companies' histories, into people's histories, and we're picking and choosing who we allow to still be consumed in the media. And it's a bit hypocritical. I would bring up the example to you, yeah. Megyn Kelly on – and look, I'm not a huge fan of Megyn Kelly. I'm not a huge hater of Megyn Kelly. Megyn Kelly is just Megyn Kelly. You're kind of neutral. Megyn Kelly neutral. She was talking. She asked a question about blackface, and she was removed from NBC. Jimmy Fallon wore blackface. Howard Stern wore blackface. Ted Danson wore blackface. They are all a part of the NBC lineup, and they are allowed to thrive and still prosper with their careers where Megyn Kelly was shut down for even asking the question. Governor Northam was uh, also had that in Virginia, where he, it's believed that he was either in a KKK costume or he was wearing blackface. He is not cop to it, but he's still the governor of Virginia today. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think the inconsistency, or at least for me, because I share some of your frustration, the frustration, Jennifer, comes from the reality that there, of course, is no standard for outrage or disqualification. That's right. And it's like if we like the person, we'll let them stay. And if we don't, then they're out of here. If it's Howard Stern and he was a shock jock in the 90s, we let it go. If it's uh, Governor Northam, uh, whatever, Kathy Griffin, we don't go to any of her concerts. To me, and I call myself a classic liberal like this coca-cola you're looking at mm-hmm. classic it is classic coke I classic be- Whitman. i believe in the first amendment i also believe when someone i believe is an american as my opinion and, and the way i cast myself as an american citizen if you support the first amendment and someone articulates a perspective that you don't agree with well of course that's the real test as to whether or not you support freedom of speech and i also believe that if someone articulates a position that you don't agree with that is basically that you don't agree with it and they're not calling for something more or something reckless etc okay to then try to boycott them and strangle them financially you are then trying to deny them a living, trying to deny them the right to earn a living because they have expressed their belief. That is not, to me, Jennifer, America. Well, I think it, it it actually is. It's capitalism, certainly, because consumers don't have the, they don't have a mandate to consume everything that people put out there. We use our dollar and our dollar has power. And uh, that's how we say what's acceptable for us. And so that's sometimes how capitalism sorts things out. And I think that's going to be the case here because it's now that the cancel culture Whitman is coming to your breakfast table, and I know, oh. I know when it hits you in the breakfast table, we are going to have big problems. The pancake syrup company, Aunt Jemima, has yes. decided it's going to change its name and image because of the renewed calls for racial equality. Quaker Oats owns Aunt Jemima. They said that the iconic Aunt Jemima figure on its packaging is based on a racial stereotype and acknowledged that its prior work to update the character, which they did a few years ago, I recall that was not enough. They are going to uh, get diverse perspectives and in the fall Aunt Jemima pancake mix and syrup will look a lot different following suit Mrs. Butterworth which is the the bottle that's short sort of shaped like the mammy character in Gone with the Wind yeah that's right uh Uncle Ben who has uh, the rice product that we all have probably grown up on he converted it he did all of those products are going to be getting a whole new look because they're thought to be racially insensitive yeah I'll remind you of something you say often and I'll leave you to think about this right 
It's a homework you, assignment. You are a capitalist, and you are a true capitalist, and I am too, by the way. We both made a couple of bucks over the years, and we both lost a couple of bucks over the years. Yes, yes sir. Here's the point is, uh, to me, you often say, and you're right, businesses have right to have the right to conduct their business in the manner that they see fit. Well, if the manner that Quaker Oats sees fit is to remove this image that conjures up very negative stereotypes and or for some memories of even real life, if people are up there in age or have lived at a time and place where they've encountered this for the and it ain't a label on a on a syrup bottle. Mm-hmm. You understand? Yeah. Uh, don't they have a right to conduct their business and brand their product the way they see fit? Absolutely. I believe that businesses get to uh, brand themselves, make their marketing decisions as they see fit. We have the right to consume them as we see fit. And I don't think it's – look, I'm not even outraged about Aunt Jemima and Mrs. Butterworth and those things. I think they're – it's worth the conversation at least. But where it makes me nuts is there's this – woman who obviously must be a crazy person fiona onasanyaya i'm gonna say uh, first names are telling i know one fiona personally but not well because i wouldn't say this if i knew her really well mm-hmm. i knew her in college nuts fiona onasanyaya is a former labor party mp from the uk and uh, she has started a petition against kellogg's because she is offended by rice krispies now, what gets her really furious, the snap, the crackle, or the pop? <laughs> or Joe Biden and corn pop. Uh, I think that the, the idea that there are three white boys, as she calls them, on the package is, uh, is what's bothering her. She's actually looked into it this far. And this is where I think you have to be a little racist yourself to even notice this, because I swear to you, hand to God, I have never noticed this in my life. I'll tell you something. I have never walked down the cereal aisle at the supermarket and evaluated or assessed products based on racial messages that are or are not on the cover of the cereal box. So I throw out there that you have to have a little of this going on in your heart before you can even notice it. Kellogg's has now been served with this petition, a recall petition on their Kellogg's Rice Krispies packaging because Rice Krispies, as she said, is represented by three white boys while the Cocoa Pops mascot is a monkey. I'll say this in closing. We are still battling COVID-19 and the coronavirus. If you have time or energy to evaluate Snap, Crackle, and Pop and get offended by Rice Krispies cereal boxes, you're a lunatic. I think you might be right. And I would never cancel you. I would never cancel you. I love you. We love each other. It's the Brian and Jen Podcast. It's my-